So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. By the way, if you haven't subscribed, I would certainly love if you would. If you haven't made a comment, I would certainly love that. You know, I, I kind of thrive on comments. Um, you're going to love today's show. Uh, but before I get into it, I do want to say thank you. We had a massive milestone in the month of December 2020. Because of you, we got into the top 100 of all business podcasts on iTunes. So uh, just a thousand thank yous is all I got to say. I'm just super grateful. Um, it really means a lot to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, with that said, Phil Gertis, Long and Foster, listen to this. Whether you are a veteran rock star, whether you are a team leader, whether you are a broker manager looking to attract more talent, help more agents, move people forward, whether you're five years or less in real estate or you're listening to this and you're 17 and somehow you got hooked on me and you're thinking about going into real estate, this show is for you. Today, we're gonna to explore with Phil the ups and the downs, the lessons, the ahas of starting out in the real estate business just now, you know, a little over four years ago, becoming rookie of the year, first year out of the gate, experiencing what some, some being me, would call meteoric success. Is that even the right way to say it? I have no idea. Like unbelievable geometric growth. When most people go, hey, I sold eight homes, then the next year I sold 12. He was like 36, 72, like just monster growth. We're gonna break down all the numbers. And then in year four, starting his team, during a pandemic, my friends, and growing from he and his wife and a marketing director, three people, to 17 uh, total on their sales and staff, personally closing 36 transactions with the team closing 209 transactions in his fourth year in the business, yes, starting a team. So PG, Phil, I love you, buddy. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. How you doing, man? Absolutely, thank you. I, uh, I love you, man, and, and I appreciate you having me on, and I'm doing great, enjoying, uh, enjoying everything. Well, listen, I mean, so many of us in the, uh, the ecosystem, we're all super proud of you and, and your success. And what also makes you so great is you're humble. You share like nobody's business. You're a total open kimono. Um, so I'm really pumped about this show. You've been on my list for a while. And for the people that don't know, I literally, you know, text him last night. I'm like, I have an opening tomorrow. Like, let's shoot a show. Tristan's here in Dallas. And he was like, let's go. He even texted me late last night and said, what if I flew in? I'm like, that's why I love Phil Gertis, because you are a like whatever it takes guy. So let's let's get into that. Help people understand before we break down, and we're gonna break down a lot of details. So if you're listening, a lot of details will be broken down in this show. I think it's important that people understand your background, who you are. Cause I said to Tristan before the show, you would have been exceptional at anything you did. You just happened to get into real estate. So so Introduce yourself to the audience, the people that haven't met you or seen you on a summit stage or something, and then tell us about your background. Yep. So as Tom said, Phil Gertis, I live in Annapolis, Maryland. Um, guys, I've been in sales pretty much my entire life. When I was 17, I started my own um, online advertising company. I uh, 
went from there into auto sales. From there, I went into the mortgage industry, started my own mortgage company. Uh, and then I left real estate entirely and went into direct sales for 10 years. Um, I was at the highest level of the direct sales industry when I sold my, my business and took a year off. Um, after that year, uh, my wife said she wanted to become a real estate agent. I said, I will too. And that was it. You know, we started running from there and, and today we're here. Man. So, okay. So married, tell them how many kids, how long you've been married, like give us a little context. Cause you're, you know, you're not just a superstar in the business. You're a, you know, the word is you're a pretty damn good husband. You're a great father. So give us the scoop. So married for uh, 15 years in February, um, two children. My son is 12 and my daughter is nine. And, um, we're, we're, we're loving life. We just bought a new house. We're doing a, a renovation, uh, about a six month long renovation. So, um, we're enjoying the opportunity to sort of just continue to build and grow and, and, um, develop the team, but develop our life at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. The whole enchilada brother. So, so I think it's important for the listener right now to recognize again, you know, 17 starts an advertising company, goes into auto sales, did mortgage and then left the industry and then took 10 years and built like a direct sales business and then took a year off. By the way, what was it like taking a year off? It was boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How old are you now, man? Give, give them context. How old are you? I'll be, uh, yeah, 39. I'll be 40 in June. So. Okay. So 40, 40 in June. So you've done a lot in a short amount of time. So why did you go into real estate? Like being like, you had other options. Your wife was like, hey, I'm going to do this. You kind of just followed her in. Like, were you looking at other options? Like, or was real estate just, all right, you know, my wife's doing it. I'm in. It, it really, really was my wife's doing it. I'm in it. it yeah. For me, there was no other drive to it. I knew that whatever I did, I was going to go in head first and, and yeah. just attack, attack, attack. Um, but it, it just didn't matter what it was going to be. And, and she had interest in it. I always wanted to work together. Yeah. Uh, you know, she graduated from college and, and had a great job. And then when our son was born, she stopped working. So she hadn't worked for 10 years. Uh, and when we, you know, she said she wants to go, I said, this is a great opportunity now, family business and, and start running. Very, very cool. Very. So we'll break some of that down too. So, so let's go back. And again, remember, you know, the context is whether it's a broker owner listening right now or someone that's 17 thinking about getting the business and everybody in between break down for us like year one, right? A typical day, like you, you've gotten licensed, you learn the MLS you, you know, you're dangerous enough with the contracts that you can write one. How, how many homes did you sell in your first year? Uh, first year, 36. Okay. So 36. So to have 36 closings, you were selling houses out of the gate or you had a monster, you know, six, nine month run, whatever it was. How did you get started? What lead sources did you go after? Kind of just go back in time and break down for us, like everything you were doing back then. Uh, back then it was, it was all about hustle. Uh, because I didn't know enough to find this, you know, great lead source and be this educated, uh, you know, educator within the industry. I didn't know anything really. Um, so I went for expireds and we talked about this in the past. I went for expireds, withdrawns, canceled, uh, because my mindset was those clients, one, they already wanted to sell. I knew that because their house had been on the market. Two, they've already been educated by likely someone who's been in the business far longer than I had. So I really just had to show them how I was going to market and sell their house. Yes. Um, so that was, that was number one. That was my hustle pillar, as we call it. 
Uh, and, and we just drew I mean, just every Monday through Friday from eight to 10, I'm in the office and I'm just making calls, making calls, make, making calls. Um, and I didn't stop. It was the entire year, Monday through Friday, nonstop. And while I was doing that, you know, cause I'm watching all your YouTubes and everything like that. So I'm knowing that I've got to build this top of mind business. So on the back end, I'm also starting video. I'm also, you know, long form copy, um, tracking my day, journaling the journey, all these things that would allow people on the outside that didn't know me as well or didn't know me in this space of real estate to see that I'm here, I'm doing it. And, um, and I'm doing it at a high level because I was celebrating every win. It, the big yeah. swing didn't matter. I'm celebrating. So, yeah. So, so yeah, I love, I love the fact you called it like a hustle pillar. What were the other, I mean, you said, you know, video, which was early. I mean, think about it. You're so blessed to come into this industry, you know, just, you know, four plus years ago when, you know, Instagram was already crushing. People really weren't going after LinkedIn the way they are now. Facebook was just, you know, at the top and has had so many adjustments since YouTube. Now I see you on TikTok, you know, I mean, you're ever you're everywhere, right? What were those other hustle pillars? If expire was one in video and creating content, you know, uh, showing people that a day in the life of a real estate agent, you were creating your own million dollar listing, if you will, television show. What were the other hustle pillars? The other, I had two other ones. Uh, the first one was geo farming. Yeah. Uh, and, and I didn't know much about it. I basically, you know, learned from you. Um, and, and then I, I remember you outlining a, a test period. So we actually did an eight month test period in one market and we were aiming for two to four touches per month. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, so that was the other hustle pillar. And then it was open houses. I was doing two to four open houses every single weekend. And it was, it was amazing because that entire year I did two open houses where I did not get either a signed buyer client or a listing appointment. Wow. So it was, it was incredible. So, and, and, you know, Tom, for me, my mindset, I had two focuses when I was doing open house. The first thing was I'm in a house. I want to sell this house. The yeah. second thing was I need to get another client because when I sell this house, I won't have another house. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like, I, I think you've met Andy C who's been on my podcast as a client of mine for 18 years. He's like that. I mean, I don't know if you, if you are indeed that from him. Cause that's exactly, he's like, I'm at an open house. My job is to sell this house and my job is to find another client. And, and he built, you know, he built this monster business as you have. And it's interesting. We'll get into certainly today, guys, open houses aren't a factor. So remember we're in year one right now. Like this was the very beginning. Phil, what do you say to the person though? That's like, Clearly you had a budget, right? Like you had saved money, you had sold your practice. Is there anything you would have done differently if you were scrappy Phil back at, you know, 17, starting an advertising company or going into auto sales or even, you know, going into the mortgage business? Like what advice would you say to somebody in year one, they can do the expireds, but it's, it's you're right. As we're recording this January, 2021, there may be four expireds in the country. What advice would you have for them today? Um, a couple things. The first thing is there's nothing that's going to beat a hustle pillar. The, the beauty of a hustle pillar, whatever you define it as, is that the only person that beats you is you. You yeah. define how much success you're going to have with it. If you know, you got a lot of people that are doing a ton of video, a ton of social and things, and they're forgetting about door knocking. And yep. it depends on your market, obviously, with our current situation, but they're forgetting about um, dropping off mailers. You know, one of our agents on the team, every 4th of July, he walks his entire neighborhood and puts mini flags in the front yard. Those yeah. little things that connect you with 
the community. I don't think there's a better time than now to just get connected with the community. Um, and then, you know, the other thing, it's just, you have these hustle pillars, but you, you have to ask yourself how much you want to go in and how much you want to put the work in and the effort in, because I would have went in head first. It took me eight months to watch you online before I went to a summit and joined coaching. Yep. And Tom, probably month number one in coaching, I said, what did you do? Why did you wait eight months to do this? You should have just dove in right at the beginning because I'm thinking how much more would we have done? Because for me, I was really just running like a chicken with my head cut off for the first year, you know, without real direction. Listen, man, give yourself a lot of credit because you did really well. Now for backstory for the people that are watching and and a lot of people that were at that summit, um, Phil and I had this instant connection, right? We were talking, you asked a question. I just noticed like everyone watching or listening right now, like I have this weird, I've always had it. I can spot talent like nobody's business. Like if I wasn't Tom Ferry, real estate coach doing all this stuff, I would be in the talent agency business. Cause I'm like, that guy's got it. And you remember what I called you? I was like, dude, you're militant. Like every, everything about him just had this. And I, I meant that in a very positive way. Like you could tell he was disciplined. He was focused. He wanted it. He was listening at a level of intention that I just knew this guy's going to be a, an absolute rock star. Um, so, so let's go back to though, that first year you have all this success. Phil, you're on your first listing appointment and they say, well, how many homes have you sold? Like you're calling expires and you're like, let me explain how I can do it differently. And you haven't sold a house yet. Like that takes a lot of courage and a lot of skill. Or, or, or what was it? What did you do? Tell us about it. Like, what did you actually do to win the business? It, it was you actually, um, you know, because I remember you saying lean on your past or lean on your office. So mm-hmm. I did have a past sales record. So all right. I could do was lean on my office. And then I, lend, uh, I, I leaned on my past sales experience, right? Yes. I didn't have a real estate sales record. So I focused on this is the type of success that our office is doing. This is the type of sales we're doing. And then I went to, but this is how I market differently. And yeah. this is, you know, these are the pricing strategies you choose and, and things like that. I, I took confidence in knowing, look, I've done, I've done this before in other industries um, and my office is doing it well. But even if I didn't have that, I, I planned, I educated myself. I, I, I did everything I could to be ready at that point in time so that I could say to them, look, you can trust me to do this. And here's all the reasons why. Yes, it doesn't have anything to do with my past sales, but it has everything to do with my commitment that I'll make to you. And not just saying, hey, I'm committed, but here's how I'm going to be committed. Yeah. I think the the message here for everybody is preparation step by step. I mean, I, it, I'm super proud to hear that because I've heard that from, you know, thousands of new agents that were like, thank you, man. I didn't know how to go in with any confidence, but if I can lean on my company, I mean, you're, you're, you're with Long and Foster, one of the biggest real estate companies, you know, in the country, right. And dominant in your marketplace. So that was smart. Did you ever lose? And if so, why? Uh, yeah, I, I lost, um, you know, my, my first year, every eight, every 10 appointments I went on, I actually signed eight. Okay. That's insane in your first year. That's insane in any year. It was great. Um, but the ones I lost, it was usually because they were working, you know, they were meeting with other agents and those other agents just had it at a higher scale, more experience. Um, they connected more 
or I, I made a slip up, you know, I, I, you're not going to be ready for everything. And there yeah. were things that I just got hit with that I didn't know how to answer. I didn't know the right answer and things of that nature. And the biggest thing for me was those ones that I lost. Tom, I was, I was in the mirror practicing my listing uh, appointment, you know, where this is in my notes. I'm so keep going. Please, please explain this because most people will not get this. And those that get it are going to kill it. Role-playing is, it is, it's not key. It's a must. Like if you're not, if you are practicing on your clients, you're basically giving business away. So for me, role-playing was an absolute must and I didn't have anyone to do it with. <laughs> so I did it with the mirror. You know, I, I literally looked in the mirror in my office and I went through my listing appointment and I learned that listing guy. I created a listing guide and I learned that backwards. And that was it. That's yeah. when I knew I could do this. I, I could do it forward and I could do it backward every step of the way. Uh, and yeah. that's that commitment, that hustle, right? That's that commitment that you have to be willing to put in. For me, it's, it's easy to see how to win because all you got to do is look at everyone winning. The people that are really winning, they're all doing the same thing to match their industry. Yes. Across any industry, you're exactly right. So do you, you know, now you have all these new salespeople on your team and, and we're going to get into all that stuff. I want to stay in, I want to stay in, in year one. Um, what was the feedback you were getting around the office? And how did you, you know, cause you, you've heard the Tom Ferry seminar joke before. Oh, what are you all motivated? You went to a Tom Ferry seminar? Like, you know, you were, you were in it and you were crushing and you are, you know, you're a lovable and intense individual, right? And I, and I say that, you know, with massive love and respect, right? You had to have ruffled some feathers. I did uh, from day one. Um, but I will tell you what, and, and really, I think this is great. I've given this advice to newer agents. Um, there, there is be humble, right? You, you want to be humble, but don't discount yourself because someone else has an opinion of what you should be. Uh, and, and I did that for a long time. You know, it, I, I was 10 years in an industry where you almost had to sit back so that other people could be in the forefront. And you, you didn't always get the, the credit for the work you were doing. And I remember having a conversation with Victoria and um, saying, look, I'm not doing that. This is, this is me. There, you, you said you have a tribe. So I, I believed you. And, yeah. and I said, I have a tribe. They will, they will love me. They will, they will like me. They will support us or they won't. And that's okay. But I am not going to change who I am to fit in a mold anymore, ever again. Yeah. Uh, and in the office, you know, some people didn't like that. And some people loved it because while I would, I was unapologetically me, I also said, look, I know about this. So I'm happy to help or, and it could have been a tech question. I'm, right. I'll stop what I'm doing. I'm happy to help whatever I can do. So some people, it was great. A lot of people that I was a hard, um, it took some time to rub off on them. We'll say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so what advice do you, I mean, I, first of all, I love the, you know, hey, unapologetically, unapologetically me, like just, just being you at level 10, man, like you, you personify that. Let's take a step back. There's someone listening right now. She didn't have the confidence. He doesn't have the confidence and, and they're listening. They're like, yeah, I want, I want that man. But like, like a lot of people think they need a win in order to get confidence, like they, that they can't just generate it. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, my, my advice would be, don't even look for it. If you feel today, like I don't have the confidence, so I'm, I can't do the thing, as you said, 
Um, just stop looking for confidence. Just go do the thing. Because what I found about confidence is that's going to creep up on you and you're going to say, whoa, what was that? Like, did you, right. did you you're almost going to talk to yourself after that appointment or whatever it is, or that video you do. Yeah. And you're going to say, did you like, you killed that. You know, and that's when the confidence starts building. So if you keep saying, I need to find the confidence to do the thing, you're never going to do the thing because doing the thing earns you the confidence. Confidence is earned. Yeah. Well said, man. Mistakes to avoid in year one? Um, second guessing. Don't, don't second guess. If you have an idea, attack the idea. Test the idea over time. One time doing something is not a test. Not a test. Yeah. Set, set that benchmark of, of, of your test period and attack the idea. Um, get involved with coaching. I mean, I know it's not like I keep talking about coaching, but it's just, it's made such a difference in my business. Just get involved with coaching. My logic to coaching was every professional athlete has a coach, everyone. If I want to play at that level, I better have a coach. So have someone that, that's done it before, knows more to, to teach you and coach you and help you and guide you along the way. Um, and don't listen to people. That's, that's such a big, that's a hard one. Yeah, it is. I I mean, people, they will love you into being mediocre. Uh, They, they will just, Hey, I I really love you, but you know, watch out. Don't, don't go, don't set such a high goal because you might not hit it. And I'm the total opposite. I love you. You need to set a higher goal and I'll help you hit it. That's, that's the mindset. You, those are the people you focus on. Yeah. So, so how did you lean in? And again, we'll, we'll kind of put a bow on this year one. Talk about how did you lean in to your manager, to the office, and then, you know, your coach and the ecosystem. But I want to focus, you know, for someone listening right now, maybe it's just, it's that, how do I lean into my manager? How do I lean into that top agent in my company? Like, how do I lean in with them and and really glean from them what I need? Well, uh, have an open conversation you know, set your goals and have an open conversation, but more than, Hey, here's my goal. Will you help me do it? Uh, for me, it's, here's my goal. Will you help me do it? Yes. Okay. So can we put a plan together? Let's meet every single week. I'd like you to review things. Tell me when I miss or, or make a mistake and, and then show me how to do it. Right. Really look at that manager or coach or, or team lead as someone that has a vested interest in your success. I think that a lot of people say, well, I just got to figure it out now we're in a beautiful space. You really don't have to just figure it out anymore. I mean, you can, there are people that want to see you win. So, so yeah. be open and, and ask for help. I think that's the key. And there's, you know, we have this interesting culture divide of people that are willing to ask and most that are just in their head. And I just hope for the person listening right now that you really get like, I'm here, Phil's here. And there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people around the world that are like, starving to help you that want to answer questions that want to, whether it's on YouTube or Facebook or in your office. And maybe, maybe, Hey, maybe it's not your manager. Maybe it's the assistant manager. Maybe it's the transaction coordinator inside the office. Maybe it's the marketing director inside the office. Maybe it's that not the number one agent, but the number 10 agent who is still leapfrogs ahead of you that, you know, you just connect with and say, I just love to like, help me understand how you did it. Right? Like, There's just uh, David Meltzer, when I interviewed him on my podcast, this whole thing is like, just ask, ask every, how did you do it? Like Tony Robbins built his entire career on model excellence. That's what we're talking about, right? Exactly. 
I remember there was an agent, there was a clause in an inspection addendum. I'd never read it before. I'd, I'd never known what it was. And there was just this agent in the office and I asked the question and he didn't just tell me, he broke down, this is what it is. This is what it means. This is when to use it. This is when not to. He didn't owe me anything, but he, he right. spent about an hour with me helping me through this one clause. And the amazing thing was, his breakdown taught it to me in such detail. I was able to teach other people and they are able to teach other people. And I never would have got it that way if I didn't just ask. That's beautiful. That's, that's what we're talking about, my friends. Like there's just, there's so much to learn and so much to make you wise and business mature. You got to ask. So I want to go back to year one. Expireds, right? That was a hustle pillar. Geo farm, open houses and video right? So those were, it sounds like those were the four things. And I'm sure there was a bunch of tactics tested along the way. You finished at 36 transactions. Talk us, talk to us about like year two. And I'm just, I'm actually just going to throw it at you and say, tell us about year two. So year two was, um, don't be a one hit wonder. Year, year two mm. was, you know, prove yourself. You, you did it once you have now the principle of favorability or as it's called beginner's luck, uh, is gone. Now you have to show the world that you can do this again and you can do it at an even higher level. Um, and more importantly, you need to show yourself because it's not going to get easier along the way. Uh, and especially for me, my, my, I mean, you said set your goals in advance and that's what I did. So I knew as soon as I could be a team, I was starting a team. So who would I be when I start this team? I was building that person. Year two was, you know, the, the really the first year one was learn everything you can in your first year. Yeah. Year two is apply at the highest level and start becoming this person. So every year for me is a relaunch. You know, year yeah. two is starting over. I'm, I'm let's relaunch. And, um, and I, I ran with those same pillars. I got a lot more aggressive with video. Um, a lot more aggressive with, with video as I was figuring it out. Cause it took, it took about three, three years to really even figure out what my keys to video were going to be. So I just started putting everything out and seeing what hit and what didn't. So, um, I want to unpack your wife, Victoria and her impact on the business. And you had a marketing director helping you as well. So, so also just inside of that, if you're listening right now, my friends, you recognize like maybe Victoria, his wife wasn't taking a salary, right? I, I don't know, right? Maybe we can explore that, but I'm sure the marketing director was, right? So, so he instantly put himself in a situation that he had to perform. He had to do well. I mean, I, you know the story. We, Phil and I played golf together and, you know, we've had, you know, we've become friends and it's, you know, when I started my company, like I came home one day and I said, honey, I leased like 3,000 square feet and we have 15 employees and it costs us, you know, $50,000 a month to start. And she's like, what? Right? but it creates motivation. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, clearly proving it, showing the world, who would I be is a big conversation, but talk to us about the impact of having your, your wife there by your side and your marketing director, what that person's role was and how they helped you elevate so quickly. Uh, so having my wife there is great because her mind works completely different than mine. I am risk it all, dive in head first. We'll see yeah. what happens. And she's like, hey, you forgot to even put a bathing suit on, like slow down. So, um, <laughs> so love it. it really works. Um, and then she also, she's our operations manager and she handles yep. all the money. So yeah. it's for me to one, I don't have that stress of what dollars going where I can focus yeah. on what I'm good at. Um, yep. And then it's nice for me to have her 
handle the back end. And over the years, she's learned so much more about the back end. And it's taken, it was, I was doing it, she was learning. Um, she was doing it, we were doing it together. She's doing it, I'm double checking, our broker's double checking. Now she's doing it and I have nothing to do with it at all. Uh, so that's that's been a load off. I don't think that I could produce um, from, from coaching my team to producing you know volume and, and transactions the way I do if I had to do all that backend stuff myself. Yeah. Key distinction for people listening right now. I mean, it's, um, so we'll dive into that in a minute, but I want to break down for me, if you would, um, software, systems, accounting, that, you know, that I'm, I'm assuming you'll know some of the names and some of these things that, you know, your wife has, has mastered, right? Because you're, you know, you are that kind of meticulous guy. Break down some of the systems inside the business that someone should be thinking about after year one. Um, first thing is your CRM. I mean, you talk about it all the time. You got to have a CRM. And, and it was a hard thing for me to, grip, to, to get a grip of because um, I, I was looking at every CRM and I would go on the chats and see everyone talking about it. And I remember you saying, um, use the CRM that your broker gives you. It's free. Um, yeah. So I started doing that and, and, it, and it was working. And then I started, I stopped looking for CRMs like, oh my goodness, I have to have a CRM because I was using one and I turned it into what CRM is working best for me. So we right. shifted. Um, and we're using Lion Desk, and, and we used a bunch. We went to, um, uh, I, I don't even remember the names of them. Uh, we used a bunch of them, but then we went yeah. to Lion Desk and it started working for us. It clicked. Um, and, and now we, we do that. The other thing is. Okay, hold on really, hold on really fast. I love the guys at Lion's Desk and they have an amazing software program, but I want to reiterate for the person listening right now. He said he tried a bunch. People say to me now, Phil, like, what CRM do you recommend? I'm like, I don't know. What kind of car do you drive? Like there's a, there's like a thousand SKUs of cars. You find the one that's right for you. There's a thousand SKUs of CRMs. You find the one that's right for you. And I, would you agree? You're spot on. And, and I'll tell you when I first looked at, you know, what CRM would I, I get? I wanted to use the ones that all the big guys were using. So I started, right. searching, but that really wasn't the way for me to go. It, it's, it's what no. you, the one that's right for me. Bingo. So, so the right CRM, what else? Uh, I like to work with a spreadsheet. I like to be able to track certain things with a spreadsheet. And if that's you, I say build out a great spreadsheet. It's turned into something that my entire operation side can use into marketing. And, and we all have sheets and things like that where we track different things from these spreadsheets, from production to um, you know what marketing pieces are going out, everything. Um, some people would say, hey, you know, you can use your CRM for that, but it's using what works for you and it's working for right. us. So- Tracking production. Let's break it down though. Like, like, so give me this example on tracking production. Are you, are you tracking lead source calls, contacts, leads, appointments, yeses, nos, listings, sold, buyer, profitability. Did I miss anything? Like, you know, like what else? Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question. What's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you gotta do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I wanna be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work in the platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. Average price point per agent, um, the 
you know, amount of transactions, how many transactions are needed to reach the goal that they set in the beginning of the year, how many, how much more volumes needed, total team transactions, um, total team volume, how much more we need to reach the goal, uh, team average price points, uh, every average commission, average commission from the buyer side, average commission for the seller side, um, everything. Every why are you track why why are you tracking all that stuff, man? Come on, we're in real estate. We just love selling houses. It's we love people. It's fun. I heard a story about Warren Buffett um, buying a company because the owner of the company counted the the sheets of toilet paper, not the rolls, the sheets. And I said, well, if Warren Buffett tracks down to the sheet of toilet paper, I think I could take the time to track my own numbers. You know, it's yeah. just. You got to know it you, or you're, you're doing what I did for the first eight months, which it worked. You know, I was running around like chicken with my head cut off doing everything. Hustle. And, and, yeah. and at some point your hustle has to get matched with systems, coaching, everything else. If you really want to yeah. elevate, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So CRM spreadsheets, transaction management, anything, anything you guys like that you recommend or just use the brokers. What, what's your, what's your take? We use our CRM and our spreadsheets for transaction management. So it, it. it couples with it. I love it. So, you know, Glenda Baker, big shout out to Glenda down in Atlanta, Georgia, who she's like, darling, she's like, I don't even use a CRM. I just use Excel. She's like, I just keep it super simple, which that's what I love for the person listening. Like we have people that have like 48 pieces of software to run their business because they're software junkies. And then we have people that just use the basics because they get what they need. The key is know thyself. So Victoria's managing all this, right? What do you say to the person that it's year two, they came out of the gate, they did really well, but they don't have Victoria. So it's on them. What would you have done differently in year two? Or what advice do you have? Time block like crazy. Uh, understand the value in time blocking. And for me, time blocking is not just about saying between these hours and these hours, I'm doing this. It's getting rid of the feeling that you didn't accomplish something entirely. And now you have to push everything else back. It's okay. You, you set these windows of time to work on what's important in those windows. And it is okay to do exactly that. And it's also okay to time block your family. You know, my, even though my kids, they were four years younger, when we started this, we sat down and had a talk about what the next five years would be like. And everyone bought in. So we time block everything. We actually have a family schedule and my kids have access to our work calendar so that they can see what's going on. If they want to do something, they can put it on the schedule. But some people listen to that and they think, well, man, that's, that's, that's tough. That's harsh. It works for us. It worked. That's the key. It really, really works for us that everyone has their time because the kicker is this. If my son puts time on the calendar to do this, what happens next is PG unavailable on our business calendar because right. he is the importance level doesn't change because, oh, he's 12. No, the, for me, the importance level is actually higher because he's 12. Right. You know, so right. that time is, is his. And, and this is great. But, and it's hard for me to even say, but you got to put it down when it's not in the block. You know, when it's, yeah. when it's Ethan time or Emma time, it's not cell phone time. That, that yeah. text wait for an hour, you know? Yeah. That's a, that's a, like, I'm just looking at Tristan right now. Like I'm doing that. Cause I got to totally, you know, mine is like a 19 and 21, you know, 
Like they're, you know, they're, I got, I got these two young bulls that, you know, don't live with me anymore, but you know that, Hey dad, can we get together? Let's get in. And I'm like asking for their time. Like, I think I'm gonna ask for a copy of their calendar. I love that. That's a great distinction. Um, so you say time blocking really is, it is the solution. And I would argue it's the combination of time blocking as well as leaning into your brokerage, you know, whatever CRM, whatever transaction management, use all the resources of your company. Um, you know, like they're there for a reason, right? Like you're on your split for a reason. Use the resources available that cost you, you know, essentially nothing, right? So going back to uh, your marketing director, talk to us about your marketing director and the impact that person had. Who, who is it? Is it the same person still on the team? Did you have turnover? Like, and, and what are they doing that allowed you to have such meteoric success? Uh, so our marketing manager's name is Arabella. She's actually here sitting right there. Um, hey, <laughs> so, hey. <laughs> she's like, Hey, no turnover here, Tom. Come on. No turnover. Um, so her, it, it, her job really has developed as we've grown, her position has grown and all the things that she takes on has grown. It really started on content creation. Um, and yeah. now it's turned into managing all marketing for listings, content creation, um, yeah. working with our videographer, our photographer down to, I mean, from, from things like ordering signs for listings to storyboarding entire videos and, and what are we doing here? And so it's everything marketing is her baby and, and her world. And uh, I want to do as little as I can in the places that I don't think I should be pouring all of myself in. I am like, I have my strengths. She has her strengths. Victoria has her strengths. Our, our ops assistant Kelk has her strengths. So let's let everyone live in their strengths. And, and that can be hard. Uh, if, well, for me, because I also want to be everywhere. So I have this one yeah. side telling me, let people do what they do. And I have this other side saying, well, just look over and make sure. So the hard part is not looking over and making sure all the time. So you're, you're leaning right into the, the part I wanted to ask you about in year two. You said, you know, year two for me was like, I had to prove it. I wasn't a one hit wonder. I wanted to show the world that like, Hey, this is real. Like I'm here, I'm here and I'm, I'm just getting started. But then you said, I knew then that I wanted to start my team. Now, what you guys don't know is that Long and Foster, please correct me if I'm wrong, you can't have a team until you've been in the business for three years. Is there a transaction association to that as well or? No, in, in Maryland as a whole, three years. Oh, Maryland, thank you. So you gotta be an agent for three years before you can start a team. And then it doesn't matter how many transactions or anything like that, just Got it. Years. Thank you for clearing that up. Cause for some reason I thought it was just long and foster and I was actually gonna ask Gino about it or one of the guys like just to figure that out. So that's good. So, but you said, I knew I wanted to have a team. So I was already asking myself, who do I need to be? Unpack that for us a little bit. You just, I mean, if you want to, every coach of a professional football team has not played football, but they've surrounded their life with football. If I want to say to some, and that's the proof, it's this, listen, I've surrounded my life with this. I've helped other people do this. This is why you should listen to me. Well, for me, yeah. it was, I'm making this my life, right? An important factor of my life, but here's all the reasons why you should come over to the team and, and, and join me. And those reasons have to be production, uh, continued production, more production, yeah. And a slew of systems, a slew of marketing techniques, a slew yep. of, of all the things that people need. 
uh, to, to actually help them win in their business because someone joins your team, they're joining your team, but they, just because they're on your team, they didn't forget all the goals that they set. You know, they still right. want to accomplish all these things. So for me, I had to become this person um, that could do it and then teach it and then do it again at a higher level and then continue to teach it and stair step and grow. Right, right. I love it. It's, it's learn it, do it, scale it, right? Learn it, do it, scale it, which means pass it on, get everybody else better, make them better or allow them to be better than you. That's, you know, again, Phil, because of your background, that there's someone listening right now. It's like, well, man, maybe, okay. So maybe I should start over at 17 and I should start an advertising company online. Then I should, you know, go into auto sales. Then I should go into mortgage. What do you say to the person that's like, yeah, man, but I don't know how, like, I, like it's obvious, right? For the people that are listening, it's obvious that, that Phil is a battle tested executive. He is an entrepreneur. He's been in this for a long time. So when he came into real estate, I knew it. I'm like, I want to invest in that guy. Like if I could, if I could have bought like 25% of your company that day, Ooh, that would have been a really good investment, right? How, how does somebody at this point, if they're listening and they, they don't have that background, like I didn't have that background when I, you know, joined my dad's business, it was just scrappy and learn and try and figure it out. What advice do you have for them to evolve as a leader, as a business person, as an entrepreneur? Like what's your advice? You know, um, the first thing is stop looking at time the same way. If, if you keep looking at other people and the things that they've done over the past X amount of years, and then you say, well, they have that head start, just understand that head start started somewhere. Five right. years from now, you're going to say the same exact thing. You could have said it today and made the start. So stop looking at this person has the upper hand more. It, say to yourself, at some point, I want to get to that point. At some point, I want to have all these things I want. I have to start. So launch you know, launch and launching a rocket requires the most effort, right? For, for an extended period of time, it, that's where everything goes in. That's why I launch at the, every year again. Um, yeah. So that's first. Second, I'm not you. You're not me. Your goals are not mine and my goals are not yours. And our successes will not be exactly the same and be okay with that. Figure out what you want and then understand you're here uh, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about your, your chances of being a human are 400 trillion to one. That stuff yeah. is important. Like I take that and I, I wake up in the morning and I, I do my social media like time. I do my, my video learning. And I think about that. Like, look, somebody said to me once, you know, how's your day going? I said, it's great. You know, option two sucks. Option two would be that I didn't wake up, <laughs> right? I woke yeah. up. So right. I'm already winning. I'm already winning. I'm already winning. Yeah. yeah. Keep going. I think that people, you know, if you're looking at it and you're saying, well, this person or not even just me, anybody has all this experience. One day you're going to be the person with all that experience. If you put in the work now, everything I heard someone say, I don't remember who it was. Um, someone said everything that you have achieved, everything that you have today used to be the things you were hoping for in the past. So when people look at the future and they say to themselves, well, you know, I, I don't know if I can do it. Just understand, you didn't know if you could do what you are now. You didn't know if you could right. become who you are now. You were working to that. That You got to appreciate that. Give yourself a round of applause, a pat on the back, and now go get better. You know, really, right. really go get better. Absolutely. Remember, uh, can I read? Can I learn to drive a car? Can I learn how to ask him out, ask her out? Can I learn to be in a relationship? Like everything is a learning process. And I think what, what I'm really hearing is like, hey, TikTok, TikTok, 
You're already special. Nobody's got a lot of time. Get out there and just try stuff. Like if we, if can you imagine, like Phil, can you imagine if we can like wave a magic wand and just get people back into a growth mindset? Because there's a lot of people in our country and around the world that are really fixed right now, right? And I don't want to get into politics and all that stuff, but just like you know what I'm saying. Like there's a lot of people that are very positional about what it takes to be successful and whatnot, and you know, and all the other nonsense, right? So what do you say to that person that's like, man, but you, like PG, it's so easy for you. Like you don't understand my background, my story, my situation, my, 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 my. Let's, let's put a bow on this. Like what do you say to that person? Everyone has a my. I have a my. I, I don't have a dad. I moved out when I was 17. I almost died twice. Like I planned for eight and a half months my funeral. You know, I kissed my kids to bed and said, good night to them really saying I might never see you again because I truly may not wake up in the morning. Everyone has a my. Your decision yeah. is, will I be better tomorrow? And your decision is actually different. It's, will I be better in a second from now? Like, will, I, will the decision I make in this very second make me better in the next second? And when you really break it down like that and understand that those seconds are going to run out, like, how do you want to finish this thing? And nothing's holding you yeah. back except for you. People hear these things and they think they're just some, some cliches. They're not. They're real. You can do yeah. anything you set your mind to. Someone's going to say, well, Phil, I can't become a ballerina. But you don't want to be a ballerina. So why are you even bringing that up? You know? Right. Exactly. I want to be the center for the Lakers, but probably not going to happen. I'm 50 and I'm six feet tall. Probably not going to happen. <laughs> you, you ask yourself, what do you really want right now in your life? Yeah. What do you want for yourself, your family, your future? And then put your head down and run. D dive in, yeah. run as hard as you possibly can. Ask for help. Surround yourself with great people that want to see you win uh, and that yeah. want to win with you. I think it's really important. People that want to actually win with you, not just support you, but run alongside. Uh, I think it, it's so important. But in the end, remember, everybody has a my. Everyone yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well said, man. I would just say to everybody too, like I remember being, I don't know, I think I was like 17 or 18 years old. I wasn't, I wasn't, yeah, I was living in Costa Mesa on center street, my little Honda 125 CC motorcycle, my brother and his then girlfriend who became a wife. My dad uh, pulls up Phil and he's driving a freaking Rolls Royce that he probably couldn't afford. You know, to, he was, he was that guy that would just stretch himself to force himself to go out and make more money and live on that edge. Like, you know, fortunately I didn't learn that lesson or I, or I learned the opposite. But he said to me, I remember asking him like, you know, it's just hard, you know, like it's hard being in my situation. It's hard. And it, it wasn't like, oh, dad, you're successful. And I've got those issues. I had none of that because he wasn't really successful back then. But, but he said something to me and it was one of the hardest assignments. I actually wrote about it in my second book. He said, write down positive, neutral, and negative. And he said, and make up a list of all the people you spend your time with. And it was hard, man. Cause I realized like I had two people in my life that were positive. I had a ton of people in my life that were like, neutral and neutral means like they weren't like they didn't really care if I did good or bad you know what I mean like they just didn't really care and then I had people that absolutely wanted me to fail and it was just on a Tuesday I got rid of all the negative people and then I had to call some of the people that were in the neutral category and like one was like my mom hey mom you're neutral for me she's like what the hell are you talking about right that was the story in my head we got we got through it but then I, I really took to heart. I only had two people and those two people, I spent all my time with them. And then two became three, three became four, 
Today it's tens of thousands. You agree? And that's is that is that a little too harsh for people? Because there's some people out there, man, that they're stuck in the muck because they hang out with the muck. You know, it's yeah. it's comfortable and it's love. And you know, we we build these attachments to people that sometimes they're not the ones we should be so attached to. It doesn't mean you can have nothing to do with them. It just means that if you're spending 80% of your time with someone that's not looking for you to win, then you're likely not going to win. It's just the way things work. So there, and, and what I think the best thing you can do for those people that you love, but that are neutral and that are negative is go win because in yeah. the end you will inspire them. And, and then you'll yeah. find that those same neutrals, they end up jumping into that upper, you know, they, they, they're helping they're, they're, they're that top tier now with you, but it's because maybe you didn't coach them through it, but they saw you do it. So they knew it was possible. They saw someone close do it and they knew it was possible. Yeah. I was thinking about my buddy, Joe Polish. who said, uh, like, I forget what the first metaphor was, but the second one was like, hang out with more elves, elves, E-L-F. And it was like an acronym for easy, lucrative, and fun. And I was like, yeah, now lucrative isn't just money, guys. Like I have a very lucrative, loving relationship with my wife. I have a very lucrative, loving and power relationship with, with Tristan right over here. Like, you know, it's, it's not lucrative. We make money together. It's lucrative. Like we get lots of benefit from each other. So I just love that. Like just, just popped in my head. Okay. I'm going to switch gears with you. I just joined your team. I'm a brand new agent. Talk to me about what I have to do every day for the first month or two. I'm, I'm looking for like Phil's 10 things a brand new agent that just joined your team has to do to win. Get real tactical with me. Uh, first thing is learn, learn the systems. You're going to go through an onboarding process to uh, be introduced to all the systems from CRM to uh, when our meetings are, to what meetings are what and why, um, to how you should be participating, um, to who you should talk to and really lean into on the team. Uh, you need to learn the basics of how this machine works. Um, yeah. The second thing is take the time to actually now learn those things. I said learn them, but I mean learn about them. Now you need to learn them. You have to practice. You have to go and write a contract what house, the house you live in, just write a buyer contract, write a listing agreement for the house you live in. Um, yeah. Go to another agent and present the listing appointment with them to an agent for the house you live in or the house they live in. Uh, but you've got to get your feet wet and we're not going to practice on our clients. So you're going to get your feet wet in, inside the office. Uh, the oh, next yeah. thing you're going to do is identify your hustle pillars because they're not mine to, to tell you. They're yours to, to be intrigued with or interested in. Uh, so once you identify your hustle pillars, they can change. That's okay, but they'll change after we test them and, and really go through the process. Uh, then we, you need to continue to book meetings with me because we're going to break down those hustle pillars and we're going to learn how to actually work them. And if there's someone on the team that's doing great at maybe one of them is open houses, right? So there's an agent on the team or a couple agents on the team that just kill open houses. Well, guess what you're going to do? You're going to go mirror them. You're not going to talk to people. You're not, you're just going to watch. You're going to take notes, things like that. Um, you're the next thing you're going to do is understand leads are not your bread and butter. We, we do have, you know, Zillow leads, realtor.com leads, uh, all, all different lead sources, but that's not what's feeding you. Leads are extra. And I think that's a hard thing for new agents to yeah. see. Yeah. They walk in and they think, well, I'm going to, I'm going to build my business off these leads. 
No, we're actually going to build your business off of two things, hustle pillars and top of mind marketing. The leads are just bonuses. So if you can get to this point where your hustle pillar and your top of mind marketing are feeding your lifestyle, a lead is a vacation. That's what it is yeah. because the lead, you, you settle the lead, you take that, that's extra money. It's a vacation. That's an investment. That's something else. Uh, but, but we're not going to live on leads. So we have to understand that mindset right away. And then we're going to set benchmarks. We're going to identify goals. What are your goals actually going to be? Why are these your goals? Did you just hear someone say, I want to do 10, 20 transactions and you said, I'm going to do 20 and you have no idea what that really entails? Um, or do you not like the idea that when I started, I did you know 36 transactions because you want to be better than me. So you're going to set your goal at 37 and that's fine, right? So what is it? What's driving you to actually have these goals? Um, so we are going to break down systems. We're going to break down goals. We're going to break down the the, the machine that is our team. Uh, and then we're going to do everything we can over and over and over again. And I am going to literally throw you into the lions, the, the lion den. Uh, yeah. I'm not holding your hand. I'm throwing you in the lion den. I won't let you mess up, right? There's, I'm not going to let you make a, a mistake that's detrimental to yourself, our clients or anybody like that. But you're going to figure this out on your own. You're going to dive in first. You're going to have to learn, right? Yeah, yeah. What I love too is five leads are extra, right? Leads are a vacation, like the stuff, you know, the leads that I'm buying and handing over to you, those are your vacation money, but that's not, that's not how you're going to make really make your mark. It's like you're te teaching them how to hunt and how to collect. Like it's like hunting and farming, if you will, like metaphorically. So, so I said, give me 10, you gave me seven that are like spot on, learn the systems, then lean in and practice it all, understand it all. Like talk more about practicing scripts. Like we have done sales edge and other events for, I don't know, for me, like, I don't know, 28 years pipes, you know, like 20 years. And, and there's people that gravitate towards it and say, I get it. This is a confidence builder. And there's like other people in the industry that are just like, Oh, Oh, oh. you know, I would never, you know, use those scripts or lines or like, I'm not making them wrong. I just like, what do you say to that person? It's like, I'm not comfortable with scripts. Get comfortable with scripts. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> my experience alone. I remember my first sales edge and Tom, I'm telling you, I went to this with a big open mind and I, I closed my mind about in the first hour. I did everything right. I went yeah. through practice the scripts, but I was not in it. My heart wasn't in it. And the reason yeah. why is because I had been in sales for, you know, I started in sales at 15. So I had been in sales right. for so long. I said, come on, this is like, I don't need this, but I'll go through the motions. I paid to be here. Yeah. And then I went to a listing appointment and in the listing appointment, I used an exact word for word verbatim script that, that, that pipe. <laughs> and I said in my head, I said, this mother effer <laughs> from that moment on, I said, get in these scripts because I couldn't believe it. I didn't even want to be a part of learning these. And he did, look, right. the, the, the way it's taught, it's just, it drills in you and it makes you better. So then I'm practicing all the time. I'm, I'm learning and learning and learning over and over again, just because selling is about rebutting. It's not rebutting to the point where you you're going against someone. It's learning how to handle something that when someone is not exactly flowing with you. Right. And right. so, and, and at the same dance. time, you, yeah, it's a dance. Exactly. You want to take them where you want to go, but you also want them to feel like they're taking you. Uh, so it's, yeah. 
Um, scripts are key. If you don't love them, look, you don't, I, I didn't love them. You don't have to mm-hmm. love them, but you got to learn them. There's no question about yeah. it. You got to learn them. Yeah. 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 It's so interesting to me when I like listening to you, Glenda Baker, Treasure Davis, Becky Garcia, who, you know, like had a monster year last year. My client, George, who I talked to yesterday, did 3000 transactions as a team. And, and like, he couldn't even imagine he's like, we spend these money on these leads and then there's your sphere and then there's open houses, you know, different now today, obviously he's like, but, but in every one of those cases, like there's specific language that's going to resonate with that type of customer, right? Someone that puts in their name and number online and says, I would like information on this house. There, there are proven approaches that are in alignment with that customer versus the person that walks into an open house versus somebody in your sphere. But like having those little like confidence, you know, scripts, lines, whatever you want to call them, like it just opens everything up. Right. So we're, we're both fans. All right. So look at, I, I was saying to, uh, to Tristan before this, like, you know, Phil and I could do this for about five hours. Um, let, let's put a bow on this. Cause we do got to be mindful of time. I know you got to run and I got to, I got to get back into my schedule. We're time blocking here, brother, put a bow on this. What would you say? Like looking back or looking forward, if you could never talk to agents again, what's two or three things above and beyond like what you just shared here? Cause that was all gold, right? The hustle pillars, you know, CRM systems, yada. What would you just say to the industry to get better? Uh, I mean, the first thing is stop fighting each other. We are, we are, uh, I, I find a lot of, and I've noticed this since my first, you know, first transaction, there comes to a point where we think that the way we uh, do the best for our client is to go head to head with an agent. And, and I just completely disagree with that approach. I think the way I do best for my client is to make sure that we're both doing the best for our clients, you know, to really, I know I have this responsibility to, uh, to, to do everything I can for my client, but how does me fighting with you on everything do that? Yeah. I just, yeah. the first thing is stop fighting. Let's work together. The, the buyer's not happy. The seller's not happy. The buyer agent's not happy. The listing agent's not happy until we settle. So let's get yeah. to settlement and let's get to settlement with smiles on our faces, you know, yeah. instead, of, instead of being frustrated and stressed. So stop fighting. Um, the second thing is to understand that our industry is not going anywhere, in my opinion. You know, I know that there's always talk about the next big thing and, and it's going to wipe agents out or the next company that's, you know, taking over. We are, we are that connection. We are that touch and we're not going anywhere. So understanding that, get as great as you can, not just at being a real estate agent, at being a human being. Yeah. Be amazing at being human. Uh, and, and that means you got to be healthy. That means you need to be physically and mentally. You have to be healthy. How can you be great for someone else when you can't walk up a flight of steps without, without wheezing? Or you can't manage to get to the appointment without second guessing yourself 50 times. Yeah. You got to get great for yourself. You, you have to be, you have to really focus on growth. Um, and then, I, I mean, I, have some fun. Have, do a dance on TikTok. Whether you're good at dancing or not, have some fun because people don't only want to see you sell houses. Believe it or not, they want to see that yeah. you're a person, you know, invite your kids along to an open house sometime and, and show them what you're doing and, and, and watch. It'll be that one time that someone walks in with another five-year-old and they connect and then you guys bond and, you know, it's just be good. <laughs> you were made yeah. good. Be good. I think that that, yeah. that 
is such an important part of business. And sometimes we get so lost in dollars and cents and, and everything else. And, and we forget that we are people. And sometimes just being a great person is what someone needs. My friend, that was perfect. That was perfect. I love it. I love all three of those points. We could, I think we, I already know how uh, my team's going to cut this up. We'll lead with that. So, uh, so Phil, as we wrap this up, if somebody wanted to reach you, uh, you know, email, social, what's the best way if they wanted to reach out and just say, yo, or, you know, Hey, got a question. What's the best way? Uh, best way is either email or email or social. So email is Phil Gertis at the Gertis team.com. Gertis is G E R D E S. Um, all social media platforms at Phil Gertis and, um, YouTube, however, is the Gertis team. So yeah, uh, yeah. That's it. I just recommend for everybody, everybody listen, you know, if you leaned in the way I've, I've leaned into this guy for the last four years, uh, you know, he is just getting started and like I've had him, I've, I've literally said, Hey, can you please do a 10 or 15 minute training on what you do with video? Like that video from the summit in 2020 was bonkers, right? Phil has that heart. Like he wants everybody to get better, right? Like so I just say lean into it, my friends. Lean in, check out what he's doing on all of his social channels, see what he's doing on YouTube. And, and he knows it's R&D, it's rip off and duplicate. Find the stuff that you like, find the stuff that resonates and run with it. So, so PG, as we wrap it up, man, just blessings to you and your family. Uh, good luck with your snowboarding uh, escapades. I, we didn't even get into that, but if you follow him on social, he learned how to snowboard yesterday. I wish you would have shown more crashes because I know you fell on your butt many times. Only about um, 150. Love- Right, man. Love to your wife and kids and the family. Proud of you, man. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you really soon. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Make sure you share this with a buddy or two. Drop a comment, absolutely. And if you haven't subscribed to the channel, please do so. And thank you so much for helping us get in the top 100. All the best, my friends. We'll see you soon. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.